named after the mechanism that separates the sweet wort from the spit grains, False Bottom Girls features two beer experts filtering through the brewing industry to guide listeners through the wonderful, yet sometimes confusing, world of beer. Hi, my name is Rachel Hudson. I'm the co-owner and head brewer of Pilot Brewing in Charlotte, North Carolina, and an advanced Cicerone. Hi, I'm Jen Blair. I'm the beer program coordinator with New Round Brewing in Atlanta, Georgia, and I am also an advanced Cicerone. Hey everyone, Jen here. Before we get started on this week's episode, I wanted to jump in really quickly to say that we have recorded this episode prior to New Belgium Brewing announcing their sale to Lion Little World Beverages, which is a wholly owned subsidiary of Kirin Beverage out of Japan. Uh, This doesn't change anything that we've said in the episode or change our views at all. Just wanted to let you guys know that uh, this has happened in the interim since recording this episode. We hope you enjoy. It's all about the dollar. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it is and it isn't. So I've been listening to the audiobook of Barrel Aged Stouts and Selling Out, which is the book that Josh Knoll wrote about Goose Island uh-huh. selling out to AB and right. Yeah, And it's a really good book. This is the guy that is now being shunned by Goose Island, yeah? Yeah, yeah, the one he threw like a pissy yeah, fit because he didn't get invited. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much, and I'm pretty sure he said they they said we need to like we need to have new voices, but also our values don't seem to align anymore. Yeah, and I haven't gotten through the entire book to like I I know how it is. It's nonfiction, yeah. but <laughs> uh, you know, listening to it, it's seems pretty balanced and based on interviews with people within the breweries and um if you are you an audiobook person um i not really but i could be yeah it's uh i'm a book person but also an audiobook person (laughs) and so i've been listening to it and um i don't know if that qualifies as reading it after you're done with it yeah i guess you listen to an entire book but um it's it is really interesting to get that inside information and it, I don't think that it's always necessarily about money yeah and I think when it was Goose Island and I still hear this from breweries who will sell you know uh, like Founders was what 30% to whoever owned Modelo oh, no, yeah San Miguel San Miguel and now they're Cast- now they're a hundred yes a hundred percent owned but they originally did it, and Goose originally did it for distribution. Like, you get a better distribution network. Yeah. But it kind of seems like, from the brewery standpoint, that's what you're told. Like, that's how they get you. Yeah. And then yeah. and then they're like, oh, do you enjoy money? Yeah. Do you, <laughs> do you enjoy being able to leave work and sleep and not have this consume your entire life? Yeah. We can, we can do that for you. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> I do. I do enjoy all those things. I haven't had any of them in a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and we were uh, a few weeks ago having a conversation about that. Like, yeah, I get it. If you've, if you've cashed in your 401k to start a brewery and it's your entire life, I mean, hey, you can attest personally to how hard it is to be a small business yeah. owner. I mean, my whole house is on the line at the moment. Right. Like, granted, one, we wouldn't be able to do this without my husband jeff's job Mm -hmm. um he supports us at our house the brewery uh mostly supports itself we still support that a little too right with jeff's job yeah (laughs) but that's also normal for small business no it's totally normal so i mean shoot 
Someone gives me the I right amount. Someone gives me the right amount of money, the right offer. I'll dissolve this brewery today. <laughs> it's not a child. I can just open another one. <laughs> I'll open Copilot Brewery right down the street. <laughs> Shit, my whole house is on the line for like the next nine years minimum because that you know something like that. I don't really know a yeah. long time. And um, if someone was like, "Hey," Here's five million dollars. You, you know, we'll just take it all. You're yeah. done. Like, hey, yeah. Okay. I always, I always find it interesting when people are like, no, I would never sell out. No, no, I, there, I can't. A, I can't understand why people would yeah. do that. And it's like, there's a price for everything. And you know, like I said, it's not my child. And you know, granted, there'd be a price for that too. But that's another <laughs> podcast. <laughs> it's another podcast. Yeah. And I don't have any kids, so I can say that. <laughs> but hell yeah. I totally get it. I totally get it. Like, especially with a bigger brewery like Elysian when they sold out. Mm-hmm. You know, those guys, they're getting older. They have families that rely on them. They have grandkids maybe now. You know, mm-hmm. these people are getting older. What is their end game? Right. You know, why not sell out? I mean, if someone's sitting there at the table and saying, I will give you a buku amount of money for, you know, maybe a little bit and it's just the beginning. I mean, I can understand why it spirals. Yeah. Now, it's weird when a small brewery sells out too early like for example wicked weed for for me it wasn't like they were ballast point it wasn't like they had distribution in tons mm-hmm. and tons and tons of states but that's i think that's exactly why though is like i coming if i was coming to north carolina when i lived in chicago everybody asked for me to bring wicked weed back sure and they but they make great but beer. i think they had a huge blowback because they weren't as big Right, like, I think the blowback was more noticeable to them than it would be, say, Ballas Point. Although I at was, the time. I was super surprised to hear just because I, at the time, and I don't consider myself necessarily a beer insider now, but when they did announce that, there were a lot of people who were like, "Yeah, that was that was the whole reason they started the brewery. Yeah, was well, to get bought out. Sure, yeah, and that's, you know, I'm not I'm not sure if that was the case or not, but I did like a lot of people. Particularly, well, that is like, a very smart business move. Uh, some people want to get into the beer industry to make a lot of money. That's really not the norm, but that is one way to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As a business person, it's pretty smart. Right. Well, and I think that's more of like an it's entrepreneur mindset. Is <laughs> I'll start this business, and if yeah. it's successful, then I can sell it and start another business. And yeah. if it's not successful, successful, I'll still just start another yeah. business. Now, I don't want to, like, I'm not in this to sell pilot. I'm definitely not. <laughs> I'm not. Like, but if someone came to me and the, I had this huge offer, you know, you damn well I would uh, think about it. You yeah, know? yeah. But uh, it's not, like, that's not my goal is to start a brewery and then sell it. Right. It's not, like, why I got into it. Yeah, I mean, you ever know? since I've known, even before I met you, I've known of you and your goal is to start your own brewery. And it was yeah. to start to your own brewery to have a brewery and brew the beer you wanted to the way you wanted to. Yes. It was very it much wasn't a passion. to get all of that sweet, yeah. sweet brewery money <laughs> that yeah. everybody's heard about. I'm still <laughs> waiting for that. It, pe- we have people that come into the brewery and say, you know, like that that is their goal. They want to open a brewery. They're asking all these questions. Mm-hmm. They don't even know what the Cicerone program is. They don't know Bastards. anything. Like, And they just want, they don't know how to brew, but they're going to get a brewer. You know, there's always oh, this, that story. Oh, those people. And I'm like, you know what? That's fine. If you get a brewer, you better let him do what is right. Or her. Or her, sorry. We should edit that. You better let her do what's right. 
You know what? If you get a brewer, that's fine. You better let her do it right. <laughs> so, uh, and you probably need to get a marketing person because mm-hmm. an events coordinator full time and let them do it right. And maybe if you're lucky, <laughs> something might happen in like 10 yeah. years. Well, and it's funny <laughs> to me because hearing people say that and I don't know what other kinds of industries this happens in Um, I think it happens a lot in like logistics and shipping where people will start their own logistics company with an eye towards selling it or maybe like even a distributor yeah Um, but it's always very strange when people think they're going to get rich (sighs) opening a brewery by selling it because I'm like there's what there's probably there's over 7,000 breweries open yeah. Now, there will probably be 7,002 breweries open by the time we're finished with this. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you're not, if you don't have that institutional knowledge of a brewery, you just can't come in, and, like, daddy fat sacks and throw money down and, like, oh, I'll just find a brewer and, oh, I'll just do this. It's just, it's so counter to yeah. the brewing industry that when I hear people think that, I'm like, that's not going to work for you. It's <laughs> it's kind of like a restaurant in the sense where people, oh, I'll just find a chef, I'll just find a general manager, and... That is a little bit more attainable than finding a brewer. There are more, uh, there's, right. there's way more culinary schools. There's way more train, you know, people. There's just way more options out there. Right. And there's not to say there's not like a lot of options, but in the whole world, like in the scheme of good, talented, quality people, there are a lot more happening all the time, but it is not easy. It's, it's very much, they can't just be a good brewer. They have to be a good match for your culture at your mm-hmm. brewery and work well with others and exactly and do what's right and be sanitary. There's so many qualities that encompass not only a good brewer but a good worker mm-hmm. and a good people person. And a lot of you know, there's a lot of different hats to be worn. Even when they are just the brewer, they're going to be out in front of people. You know, you probably want to exploit. You, you need to bring something different to your tap room because mm-hmm. there's so many breweries now. So what are you going to do? You're going to have beer education night. You're going to do, you know, have this and that. You, you have to do everything. That right. caters to so many different people. So you, you mean need, it can't just be exposed brick and wood and silver? No, you got you need <laughs> you need a ton of people on your team that have different ideas. And the person who wants to set up, you know, the markets, and then the person who wants to do beer education mm-hmm. or whatever. But I get why. At the end of the day, people do just like, you know, well, maybe not even sell out, but like merging is an interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting thing route. in the craft world. And it's almost happening. more acceptable. It's yeah, I think people. it definitely is. And, and it is. You're still craft. And I guess we should probably stop for people who don't know and explain yeah. when we're talking about selling out. Yeah. Um, what what is considered craft, what's considered like yeah. macro, and then kind of what's considered crafty. Yeah. Um, because I know we have some people, hi mom, who listen to this podcast who aren't beer people. And I know I've had conversations with other people who have been like, I don't understand what's wrong with being good at your job and making a lot of money. Like, why, why, why is, why doesn't anybody drink this kind of beer anymore? And they're ju- they're not beer people, so it's kind of hard to explain that because when you hear them when you hear them say that yeah like and I think we both said it we agree there's nothing wrong with being good at your job and being offered the opportunity to make a lot of money no to you know to not have to continue to do very hard work so a the craft brewing is defined by the brewers association which is um 
and, and actually listening to this this book, The Barrel-Aged Outs and Selling Out, they went over kind of the history of that as well on the Brewers Association coming in and setting up the guidelines in the mid-2000s and how that even pissed off craft brewers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but well, Brewers Association has been established for longer than that. Um, not not th- maybe this one, but there was a Brewers Association back in the early 1900s where like... Well, that was like Anheuser-Busch. Where there was like a, a lot of small breweries, a mm-hmm. lot of small brewers associations came together to right. form a brewers association. That was the American it, Brewers Association, okay. I think, but it wasn't craft but it's brewing. Not, yeah, it's not. those. So actually, I'm also reading Last Call, which is a book about uh, prohibition. And that mm-hmm. one was the American Brewers Association was started, one, in response to fight the distilling industry and also to fight prohibition. Mm. Um, the Brewers Association now. See, see. Go ahead. No, I'm disagreeing. Oh, okay. I love what you're saying. Um, the Brewers Association more. now, uh, for they define a craft brewery as uh, relatively small, right? I know that they keep yeah. pushing the line back to well, make sure that like Sam Adams and Dogfish Head can stay. Yeah. Which um, is what hilarious. is the barrelage? So, um, an American craft brewer, and this is on the uh, Brewers Association website. Uh, they have their craft brewer definition. So it's small, the annual production of 6 million barrels or less. Yeah, that's more. <laughs> I make like 250 a year. <laughs> yeah. Um, independent, less than 25% of the craft brewery is owned or controlled or equivalent economic interest by a beverage alcohol industry member that is itself not a craft brewer. And you're a brewer, you have a TTB's brewer's notice, and you make beer. So what you're saying is I can sell out to 24%. Yeah, no, you can, and that that has money, happened money, before. Money. I know that's how they get you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and um, it's also worth noting that it says a non, who is somebody who is not also a craft brewer, so that leaves the door open for people to have investors for like mm-hmm. venture um, venture capitalists to invest. Uh, so it's it's moved from the it's not just a mom and pop. Yeah, brewers. They're you know it's a, it's not a sole proprietorship. Mm-hmm. or a partnership these are llcs with investors yeah and that also means that you can have i mean i think if you're somebody like artisanal beverage ventures that has southern tier and six point, six point and victory is it just those three it so is far. they they're all considered craft so I, they yeah. formed artisanal beverage ventures and then each one is and under artisanal that. beverage ventures is the holding company name mm-hmm. and then they have their brewers at yancey location here in charlotte mm-hmm. which displays br- beers from all three of those breweries right and has their own 50 barrel brew house 50 barrel 25 barrel either way the 50 barrel fermenters yeah one i can't remember it's maybe it's 25 barrel brew house one of the, one or the other but anyways they brew here they brew beer for Char- charlotte right made at this brewer so the brewery is called brewers at yancey 4001 Brewers at 4001 Yancey Brewers at 4001 Yancey which is their address 4001 Yancey and they're brewers so Brewers at 4001 Yancey how do they um sorry they just saying that made made me wonder um I know that they're brewing now yes in Charlotte so when they're brewing in Charlotte and they're brewing beers for the Charlotte market whose name is it under I believe it's Brewers at Yancey but they don't I don't think they distribute them 
right think they but, sell it, but just if you go into the tap room what does the tap handle yeah say? Or what does the menu say i would have to double check i think we need to go to brewers at 4001 yancey right after this <laughs> are they open they, they open at 9 30 in the morning right? <laughs> do they, <laughs> don't think they do. we'll walk in and be like we're here for research it doesn't purposes. matter it doesn't matter they don't need to be open <laughs> do they know who we are <laughs> Should we just take this recording equipment? <laughs> They're going to be like, no, we, we don't. We are hamsters. <laughs> so when we're talking about selling out, what that means is that I the third requirement is no longer met. That you have ownership by somebody more than twenty five percent who is not also a craft brewer, and. So a lot think of that times, really means investors, though. No, it doesn't mean okay. investors. That's okay. what I was saying is okay. they leave it open. I think I just um, if you wasn't paying attention or something. Yeah, so that's why other like Sam Adams and Dogfish Head gotcha. recently merged. That's why you can do that. Yeah, because like they're both still considered craft. But if it was Sam Adams Wait, and Miller Coors, is it one of them like fifty one percent? Didn't didn't Sam Adams get like a little bit more or something? Maybe, but they basically yeah. they have a partnership. Or maybe it's like yeah, they do. <laughs> Um, so that's how they get you, <laughs> <laughs> but they're both independent mm-hmm. and that's the, that, that's the defining thing. So if it was Sam Adams, they're, they're not going to merge with Miller Coors. Miller Coors is going to acquire them. Yeah. And, um, Catawba did that with did they? Re- Revelry, not Revelry, really? somebody in Charleston, a brewery in Charleston, they, but I don't think that they acquired them. It's not the same way. Palmetto. Like, Yes. It was Palmetto. Yeah. But I like, that. there's our Oscar Blues has Canarchy and they yep. have uh, Cigar yeah. City and Oscar Blues and uh, another one, I think. Yeah, you're right. I saw them at the GABF. They're all like together and their thing. But I can't remember. Um, who who just sold out to AB like two days ago? Portland Craft Brewers Alliance or something? The Craft Brewers Alliance. Yes, they were already 30% owned by AB. Yes. And so this is actually a good discussion because I think one thing that people outside the industry don't understand is, again, if you you want to sell out your business, whatever, none of my business, but AB has a history of really doing dirty shit in the industry Yeah, and actively obfuscating what craft means and they have the size, the scale, and mm-hmm. the money and the power to do whatever they want, basically. They can yeah. get a Super Bowl ad and talk about pumpkin peach beers. This is kind of what happened with the Brewers Alliance. They had an option back in August to buy the remainder of the ownership of the shares, and they passed. That's right. So their stocks, the CBA's stocks plummeted. Yeah. And now AB came in and said, okay, we'll buy you now. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, I, like, Widmer Brothers, Red Hook, Kona. Yeah. I think there was maybe one other. Lining Kugel? No, no Lining Kugel is done by yeah. Miller Coors. Yeah. Um, it was something. It's like in California, I think. But. One of those bigger breweries that already kind of. Yeah, they were kind of acquired, like, in the earliest 2000s when everybody made a Blondale. Yeah. Uh, a wheat, wheat beer <laughs> and, uh, like, a pale ale. Yeah. So, and they all just kind of stopped. Can it was we kind just of get an back to that? development. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just, like, kind of arrested development with all of them. So they, like, they got bought. And I don't think that they've really expanded their product offerings beyond that. And you know what? They don't have to. Mm-hmm. But they, like, I stopped buying Kona. I love oh, their yeah. coffee porter, but I stopped buying Kona because of that, because I was like, 
oh yeah you've got some ownership with ab embed mm-hmm. and then like this week i was like oh i still wouldn't there are better fresher beers i can get locally yeah um the one that shipped over from hawaii or baldwinsville which is probably where it was made <laughs> for being honest yeah like i knew that they that ab had an ownership interest oh um appalachian mountain brewing ah, is part of that right. so they're ab now interesting yeah you, i you, i don't know what changes in the day-to-day you know as as well hopefully they get paid more <laughs> yeah i don't know if they would actually i feel like ab could be like i feel like nah. yeah i mean i don't know um, i don't think you're gonna get paid less like, yeah but depends on the, i don't know maybe it depends on the time maybe back in the day when they bought goose island but right i don't know maybe not now but yeah no it's weird they how big are they mm, i don't know are they that big no i don't think i mean i've been in their tap room before how what's the smallest brewery ab has bought oh gosh i don't know i wonder um maybe like platform in ohio they just bought platform a few weeks ago how big is that i don't know (laughs) i've just never heard of it so i assume (laughs) that it's small (laughs) if only we did research before we came well i was ready for (laughs) talking about saisons yeah i know that that's one of the things in the book that when um, elysian got sold out and john hall who was the owner of goose island like called him to say hey welcome to the club now we're all in ab together and he said the first thing like the don't tell people nothing's going to change and that's i think what a lot of people are told like mm-hmm. your mom we still love you very much yeah it's bullshit yeah it's not your fault but yeah nothing's going to change and then he kind of spun it in this very corporate way of doesn't don't things change every day don't we want change it's like fuck you you know because one of the things ab will do is come in buy your company say everything's probably like you're just going to have better distribution whatever yeah. and then they say well, well we'll just lay off your sales force we have our own salespeople. Yeah. And, and they're well versed in how to sell this stuff. Yeah, you know, and that's the, that's the thing. I think um, people have. It doesn't seem like, and I personally don't have as much of an aversion to when Miller Coors buys somebody. And I think it's just because they don't have a reputation for just being kind of evil and dirty in the craft world. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing that these brands will do is i don't know if blue moon does it anymore but for a while they changed their labels so they looked more craft it was like it was very like what corporate people think is cool but Mm -hmm. it was like graffiti you know and (laughs) there were a couple times being in the like looking in in a bottle shop and seeing well i wouldn't have found it in a bottle shop it was like total wine but (laughs) seeing this label and being like huh i don't remember seeing this label before who is it and i pick it up i'm like fuck you blue moon you got me again (laughs) (laughs) but they the the thing with ab i think again that people that's just doesn't set right with anybody is they have you know will buy craft brands while they're actively trying to destroy craft like this is their way of buying crap or like of destroying craft is they're going to destroy it from the inside exactly they're just going to i mean what what says they can't just shut down all these companies that they buy anyways right yeah they're not going to because this is where they're making money yeah but they could they could simultaneously shut down hundreds and hundreds of breweries at the same day if they wanted to keep acquiring and then boom right wipe out market which that would be awful there'd be a lot more market for me (laughs) 
<laughs> no, but you gotta make a decision. Like for me, I don't buy anything that's sold out to anyone because mm-hmm. that I because there's so many options. There's so much local beer. Plus, like honestly, I just drink a lot of my beer. But anyways, like honestly, when I do make when I do go and buy something from the grocery store, I buy something that's local and mm-hmm. not sold out. And I it matters to me with, for that because that's where yeah. I can voice my dollar amount. Right, my I agree. Vote. I agree. I had like a bunch of pre-buyout wicked weed and I think we finally drank it all like a few weeks ago we were going to a bottle share and we're like look we're just going to tell you guys that we're bringing all of our like pre-sell out wicked weed because we want to get rid of it yeah and and they like they still make good beer they don't suddenly stop yeah. making no good beer no they have and, fun beer you know I know with at least a couple of those breweries like they're still using they're still sourcing local craft malt they're yep. still and that that's still important and you know if ab is writing you a check for your supplies rather than the craft brewer who you know you have to call up and be like hey man this this invoice is a week overdue or whatever oh, I know. Like, that gives kind of that gives uh, the entire no. supply chain yeah more um, no, it's more like stability yeah um so it's not all bad but i know but you gotta as you know everyone's different there's a lot of people who don't care Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people who care to a point, but, you know, not going to, like, really let it. There's, you know, you, you got to choose what's important to you. And, um, you know, for me as a small business owner and a craft brewer, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I kind of, it's kind of like my obligation a little bit to stand right with right. my people. Right. But it's funny because, <laughs> like, we're, we're sitting here having this conversation and I'm wearing Nike shoes and yeah. jeans from Old Navy. Yeah. But they were, like, $15 on sale. Right, but, you know, you can get a case of Bud Light for $12 yeah. or a four-pack of a local beer for you 15 do. And, You know, I try to support local when I can, like mm-hmm. Christmas gifts here and there. And, you know, you do the best you can. It does matter, like, especially, you know, buying craft malt. That right. is great that I can buy so much malt that is literally grown in North Carolina. Mm. Um, it does. It does matter to support local, do the best you can, because that stuff does help your economy, you know? It's like, right. it, it really is important. But, but, you know, at the same time, like, there are smaller operations out there that are kind of, you know, I didn't say guilty, but, it, you know, kind of buying, you know, there's like, for an example, breweries signing with distributors based upon maybe a really large bonus, which right. then wipes out their delivery staff. Right. And right. And that stuff like that has happened. That's also how a lot of places start to get acquired again. Like, yeah we'll sign with you as our distributor and then it's like because most distributors are owned there you're either an anheuser-busch distributor or you're a miller mm-hmm. distributor so you're mm-hmm. red or blue and, and you there are other options, those houses are and again this yeah. is not a knock on distributors yeah. at all no no oh man if you want to be a big brewery like you gotta have a distributor mm-hmm. and you don't have to have a bud house or a miller house like there are small guys but that bud house and miller, like a lot of time for example i grew up in the beer world in richmond virginia mm-hmm. with hardywood when well, you guys and had to have distributors we had to have distributors so that was like how i grew up and there is no way we could have self-distributed the amount of i mean they're oh, yeah. making a lot of beer right off the bat 20 right. barrel system four 40 barrel fermenters yeah right off the bat bottling canning kegging not canning bottling and kegging and it, there is no way we had two people working in the brewery maybe three and then you got if you want to be a big brewery now for me as a three barrel nano brewery at pilot it is i can self-distribute one because i'm allowed to do that in north carolina mm-hmm. and that's not everywhere um but so that's huge for me to be able to self-distribute because since we are so small, our prices are a little higher than your bigger brewery. Mm-hmm. 
and I can't just like up that more <laughs> through right. a distributor, right. you know, and I can't take a cut either. So, but the small guy like us will be okay in the long run if we want to just stay small, make a little bit of beer, and not take over the beer world. Right. The big guy is going to be fine, like. Probably Sam Adams, New Belgium, but definitely AB. I don't know. I wouldn't put I wouldn't put the larger craft breweries yeah. in the fine category. Well, it's definitely to me the mid tier brewery that's going to suffer. I agree. The left hand, which is huge brewery, seventy five thousand, all the way to like the O and B size, like fourteen right. twenty thousand barrels, that they are going to have the rough time, and you see that with the creation of seltzer water. Mm-hmm. You know, what we got this tank space, we're plateauing, we need to fill these tanks. What do right. we do? We make another option. Right, which is what, uh, you know, Sam Adams, and I don't know where exactly the company stands post-merger, but they were putting up, like, double-digit growth. But when you looked at Sam Adams, it was because they had Seltzer and yeah. they had um, Angry Orchard. And those yeah. were the only two products that were making money if you look at just sam adams the beer they were hemorrhaging money so yeah. they weren't even a brewery they were like a beverage company. exactly and where and what's the amount of another option of other than beer do you have to sell before you become a beverage company right and then when you're a beverage company are you under are you protected by brewer association guidelines anymore right and you're probably you know now what is going to happen as that grows um so it's interesting to watch and i can totally see why people sell out because god Damn, this is a headache. (laughs) I love it. Don't get me wrong. I'd much rather do this than work for anyone else. Right. But woo, how long am I going to do this before I wear out? Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's a long time. But right, and that's um, again where I fall on it too because I don't, I I don't know what the inside of that company looks like for that person. I've seen the kind of work that you do, and it looks exhausting, and it is exhausting. Um, because you're not just a small business owner, like you're also producing a product yeah, from exactly. from scratch. It's so funny. Sometimes people come in the brewery and they're like, you know, what time do you get here in the morning? I'm like, it just depends. Anywhere from like seven to nine, you know, it really depends on what you're doing. Like, why so early? I'm like, where do you think all this stuff comes from? <laughs> where did the, all you see all these options on the board? Right. How do you you think that just magically poops out of my butt? Like, right. Right. <laughs> I don't buy it from other people and hook it up i make it (laughs) right well and that's the uh, where the disconnect is for so many people because you don't go to an anheuser-busch brewery yeah and see all the equipment right there no um because there's not you know they don't have tap rooms and i don't know man i think it's just all it's also relative and it's also different you can look you can compare it to restaurants too yeah, but I don't, they don't really know. sell out. I was about to say, yeah, somebody's not like I'm gonna they wish. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get the best hamburgers, and McDonald's yeah. is gonna buy me. <laughs> <laughs> McDonald's will just destroy you. But I, you know, I can also see, and they talked about this in the book. Um, one of the things that was a really big benefit for Goose Island when they sold was they also got access to the labs. Yeah. Like the AB Labs, which before, and yeah. you know, if you're in most craft breweries, if they have space, it's like a little room that looks basically like a break room. Yeah, that's like very brightly brightly lit that always has a bunch of like Erlenmeyer flasks in it. Yeah, but you don't have a lab lab, and you're probably not going to be sending off your results of every single 
brew, you know, to pay to get like yeah. exact ABV and exact all of this and all. And, and, and when everything. you're pr- doing production, especially canning and bottling and sending all that stuff to the market and making the same beer all the time, it's super important. Yeah. It yeah. is super and important. And then all of a sudden having access to a company who can do that for pennies because yeah. they do it at such a large scale. Yeah. No, it's and, huge. Yeah. And people working in those labs have like PhDs yeah. in testing beer SRM and then being able to expand and hire positions like you at mm-hmm. like new realm like a beer education coordinator like someone who is focused on getting your staff so highly trained right, right. that is a luxury position luxury positions are way easier to obtain when you have money yeah i could yeah exactly have you have to wear position. a lot of hats and that's definitely like being able to join a growing company and knowing that they've made a commitment to this is how this is important that our staff be educated because mm-hmm. a better educated staff sells more of your beer for you. Yep. And they're just they're just better overall. They have better beer service. They make for a better experience for mm-hmm. the customer. I mean, it's just it's totally necessary. Yeah. You know what I do think is interesting, though, and maybe it's something that we'll have. I, I have a lot of questions for sales reps. Um. And I don't like I don't want to make anybody feel like put anybody listening on the defense because I have a lot of friends who are or were sales reps. But I always think it's interesting when somebody goes from selling like, let's say, pilot had a sales rep Mm -hmm. and they do. It's me. Yeah. (laughs) So you go from being a sales rep for pilot to being a sales rep for Wicked Weed. Yeah. Or Goose Island. Like I, I find that really interesting because you've just left the craft world to go join a company that actively wants to confuse the consumer about what craft is. And it doesn't yeah. matter if the product is good or not. Um, and if, you know, if, if you sell out to AB, like they're going to start outsourcing your production. So it will be good. It will be very consistent. Yeah. Um, and I just, I, I wonder how that conversation takes place, but I have the same attitude I do towards, owners who make the decision to sell out is i can't expect you to stay poor for me yeah exactly you know there's probably a lot of money being offered way more than a local brewery at least yeah that's true that's you know the benefits yeah benefits i mean maybe a company car to travel with you know you're not using your own car anymore right yeah there's probably if you are you're getting reimbursed yeah yeah um well we know some sales reps so maybe we'll have like a sales rep well and i was even thinking about that today is how different your life looks like if you're a sales rep for pilot or if you're a sales rep for oh, island totally different yeah because you're like yeah instead of going into like local bottle shops i feel like you're probably going into like a lot of hotels and like applebee's and yeah. stuff so it's just a completely different yeah climate you know to anywhere yeah that will take your beer yeah if because you're, if yeah, you're you a can't, yeah you can't walk into you know a, a local bottle shop and that's probably how they make a lot of them is how they make their money or some of their money's on commission too mm-hmm. the more they sell more they make right so right which is kind of crappy i mean it's good in a sense it keeps people motivated but like they shouldn't have to rely on a paycheck for what they sell right you know what I mean? Right. But yeah, I just, um, I, I have to imagine that you have to completely change just the whole, the whole thing, you know, and oh, God. you're not, you're not going into places like local restaurants that only carry craft. You can, Exactly. You can't get a tap line at the nice, really nice beer bars. Right. They don't want it. Right. Or maybe they, maybe if they're like a hundred taps, maybe because they have maybe. like something to fill right. and they have that clientele. Right. But if you're going into like a specialty beer bar, 10 taps, mm-mm. Yeah. My, my key takeaways on selling out is 
like I said, I can't expect you to stay poor for me. Yeah. I can't expect you to stay craft because I want you to be craft. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of, I think it's also, you know, indicative of who for right now, at least is the main craft consumer has a tendency to think that everything is for them. And, um, there's mean? a lot of it's indignation, <laughs> you know, and you, you just don't, you don't know. And I agree with you. I don't purchase brands like that anymore, but I also have brands locally so many options. that I don't purchase, yeah. but it's also because I have the option not to, Yeah, uh, you know, if I don't agree with your politics, yeah. then I just, I won't buy from you. I'm not yeah. going to like stomp in and, and say that I'm not buying from you. And you probably aren't going to feel that I'm not buying from you. Mm-hmm. But it's important to me, and mm-hmm. I have so many other options that that I can. Whether you know, I don't want to like hang my hat on p- the whole politics thing. But like, if I know that you're basically like a Mr. Burns, then yeah. I'm not going <laughs> yeah. to buy from you. Or if I know that you're not good to your employees, yeah, then That's huge. I have the option not to purchase from you the same way I have an option not to purchase from you once you sell to a larger company, mm-hmm. particularly one that is just actively disrupting. And, you know, trying to tear down the craft beer market. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. But you can't work in fast food all your life. That was my first job. Was that McDonald's? That was my first job at McDonald's. Yeah. Little McDonald's buddies. Yeah, I was 14. I was 15. I was, like, allowed to work, like, five hours at a time, you know. Yeah. Worker permit. You know, I was allowed to work at 6 a.m., (laughs) <laughs> and so I had to work the drive through window yeah, from 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. in Missouri in the winter <laughs> when I would have to go in and it would be like negative 10 degrees and I had to work the drive through window. And people yeah. would be like, oh, honey, your hands are just so cold. Like, yeah, because you need a hash brown right now, Karen. Fuck you. Get out of here. I would be all warmy warm if you weren't here needing a breakfast burrito. <laughs> Oh, man. We had such rough lives, you know? Yeah, our parents. We had to work in the snow. <laughs> Listen, it's freaking cold, okay? It gets really cold at 6 a.m. I know, I know. There was one day I came in yeah. and somebody had put Vaseline under all of the door handles. <laughs> and I'm like a 16-year-old kid. I had to get up at 5 a.m. to get to work at 6 a.m., because somehow this is all teaching me like responsibility and like i get to work and grab the handle and not only is the door locked because the manager forgot to unlock the door but literally all of the handles are covered in vaseline jesus yeah and it was just like fuck this shit man i make 525 an hour right (laughs) so yeah people don't be dicks to fast food yeah kids they don't want to be there or anybody working in fast food (laughs) yeah just don't don't be an asshole in general but so that took kind of a right. a right turn, but that's okay because that's okay. Uh, the episode we recorded the other day took like a real hard left toward the end. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. I was drunk. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Which, yeah, you guys, this this is actually out of order, so. Um, I was drunk. But aren't they all <laughs> always the next episode? Well, that's cool. You just edit all that out. <laughs> that's Rachel's tagline. That's cool. Just edit it all out. <laughs> Um, so since you don't actually listen to any of the edited episodes, I like, do sometimes. <laughs> I, I did like once to a half one. Yeah, you listened. You oh, half I listened. I'm sorry. I I make them, kind of. 
Right. And I edit them. So you're actually not in it at so all. So I'm funnier? Yeah. <laughs> no. no, I I just get on like, I'm Rachel. Dirt, dirt, dirt. <laughs> Somebody would tell me. I don't Somebody know. Somebody would tell me. Not well, if not I was my like. Husband, he don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> not if I was like, if any of you tell Rachel that this is happening. I'll never I make one again. find you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, if you really like this, or even if you don't, um, please subscribe and rate and review. It just takes a second, and it helps other people find us and um, be exposed to all of this brilliance. (laughs) Um, If you want to reach out to us, you can get us at falsebottomgirls at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at falsebottomgirls. It's just falsebottomgirls. That's gmail. Not on Instagram and Facebook. Sorry. I wasn't listening. (sighs) You never are. I am. (laughs) I'm listening right now. Go. This has been False Bottom Girls. And we make the Bruin world go round.